Hi, I'm Kitty Von Tastique. Welcome to the Super Podcast Series. On today's podcast, I talk to Cody Sheehan, a real-life Marvel-approved superhero. We talk about what it was like for him growing up with cystic fibrosis, having a triple organ transplant, and his new super plans for the future. So are you ready? Are you ready, Rocksteady? Let's go! Katie, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. So excited. Good morning. Hello. Yes. Very, very, very excited. We met a long time ago, back in 2005, 2006, and I was developing a documentary back then called The Happily Ever After Project. You were interested in film, I think, back then. That's right. Wow. That's that's mm-hmm. very great. Goodness. Wow. <laughs> I, I remember pushing you, or was I pushing you around on a chair in the hospital or something? We, we did like a makeshift dolly. And yes. or maybe it was yes. just you pushing yourself. I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, this, that, this that kid's sounds... got ideas. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely does ring another bell. Oh, goodness. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, I mean, you you were dealing with some major, major things. You know, Cody has cystic fibrosis and it's major, uh, a major thing to deal with, especially as a kid. I was really amazed when you were telling me some of the like the daily kind of rituals that you had to do just to sort of get through your day. I was just like, wow, you know, so amazed. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that, that nothing short of difficult when kids are generally diagnosed with something very early on, particularly if it's genetic. They almost have what you could say as a bit of a a shortened childhood experience because they've kind of thrown into the deep end in terms of coming to terms with this illness that they've got to essentially care for and manage and they they grow up quite quickly like they they almost miss out on general sort of childhood experiences sometimes do you yeah. think it it created a drive in you to achieve certain things were you sort of aware that maybe you wouldn't have as long a lifespan as some people and you wanted to kind of pack it in? Almost to to a fault, I think, compared to, to most people, I suppose. I viewed time in general, but my time, as very, very valuable. And so I kind of tried to, if I had to do treatments, I would kind of do them in downtime when there wasn't too much activity happening. But, like, generally early mornings, late nights, when most people are curled up and snoozing was, I suppose, where I tried to fit them. It didn't always work. In fact, there were several times where it completely went utterly pear-shaped and I was like, well, this is frustrating and annoying. Um, (laughs) But it was kind of a bit of trial and error. It also took a lot of planning. Like if I had a a massive Mm. week at school or – even in adult, like uh, trying to hold down a job or something, if I was going for a nine-to-five job or even working evenings or something, trying to fit all of general life stuff in with the CS stuff, 
and it was like, mm. hmm, I don't really have much time in here to be just me and sort of do what I want. So it it was very much a time management challenge and trying to juggle as many balls as I needed to. Didn't always happen. I, I often would drop a few here and there and I suppose several admissions into hospital here and there. But I guess that's – it's a very different picture today than it was, mm. say, even – three years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a very different game for me now. It'll be three years in March will be my third uh, transplant anniversary. So I had slightly different to what most CF patients would have. I had double lung and liver at the same time from the same donor. Wow. And that was simply because that at the half the reason that I was listed for transplant wasn't so much that my, I mean, my lungs were, were, were sick, but if you had a look at my liver results and my like liver on a, an ultrasound, it was, it was bad. It, my liver disease was actually progressing far quicker than the CF lung disease was. So basically the, the doctors and the team said to me, okay, look, we've come to the time where you're going to have to make a big decision because we can't send you for a standard lung transplant. We can't send mm. you for a standard liver transplant. You're going to need to have both organ systems replaced at the same time. What was that like? I mean, I haven't been in your shoes, but the idea of, you know, the doctors are literally going to lift out my organs and pop in new ones. Obviously, there's going to be benefits, uh, <laughs> but how do you get your head around something like that? I, I suppose from growing up in the, the life that I've had, I've become quite good at dealing with really heavy topics and really heavy decisions, like big, big picture decisions. So I suppose being in the CF community, I've seen and experienced a lot of uh, other people dying, mm. which is a really depressing way to look at it. Um, mm. I've I've been around, like death is something that I'm, it's not strange to me. So it was a bit shocking to hear them say that when they did. I thought maybe I would have another sort of five years before I'd have to be considering this or making this decision or choice. And I was quite sick at the time when they actually did say, look, things have changed for you a little bit. So it sort of, it sort of sat with me for not too long, but, but some time. And I did discuss it quite openly and quite casually, in fact, with my parents and my family. And I think that maybe they were a little bit surprised or shocked to see that I was dealing with something so intense, like literally considering whether to take the risk of mm. going through the surgery or to just live as long as I can until I cock it. Um, but then something that helped me to lean further towards the decision of going for transplant was dad had asked me the question of, we know how your life is now. How is, how is your quality of life going to change if you go for the surgery versus in the next two years if you, if you continue like this? And that really sort of put a, a much bigger picture and different um, thought process thinking, if I, if I go and get listed for transplant and get the transplant, how different am I going to feel on the other side? And having spoken to so many CFs who have had transplants, they said, wow, it's the best decision that they've ever done. You do sort of trade one illness for another. So 
instead of mm. doing countless hours of treatments, um, physio, nebulizers, antibiotics, stuff like that, you kind of switch it for a fairly strict schedule of medications, so anti-rejection drugs and other drugs to help keep potential infections at bay. Mm. So I guess when Dad sort of phrased that question to me, it really helped to sort of go, okay, if I don't go for this option, am I really going to get much better or am I, how, long, how long have I really got before I do have my final days in front of me? I sort of said to myself, look, if I put all my energy and effort and will and focus on doing the workup, getting listed, and then just waiting for that call, chances are, even if it doesn't go spectacularly, I'll still be better off in the long run than to stay just and not not kind of risk it. This is something I've mm. heard. You've got to risk it to get the biscuit. Uh, but if there <laughs> I love was, that. <laughs> if there was any point in life in terms of challenge and risk and more power, this is the point that it was um, that was going to either make or break me. So I, th- I thought there's no way in hell that I'm not going to do something that is going to potentially keep me alive for as long as possible. It mm. just yeah. So I just kind of literally put all my eggs in one basket, signed my life away on the transplant form, and went for it. But I mean, the journey to even get to the point where I got the third and final call because I had two dry runs during the waiting list. To even get to that point felt like you know preparing for an Everest climb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a, a journey in itself. But I tell you what, I never thought that I could feel like this at this point. I was thinking that I would feel a bit better, maybe not have as many opportunities as I do now, but it's almost like I've gone from zero to like the complete opposite side of the spectrum. I mm. often phrase it like I've done a 180 degree turn. I was facing one way and then I completely turned around. It's quite extraordinary. I do pinch myself daily to sort of remind myself to uh, mentally and spiritually thank my donor because if, if it seriously wasn't for them, I would not. Uh, be here right now and I, I try to acknowledge that as often as I can it's it's been quite a quite a journey <laughs> in a nutshell I guess yeah it's yeah it's quite extraordinary is there anything that you would like to say to people who struggle with the idea of donating organs because in honesty I'm one of those people it's not that I wouldn't do it but I find it incredibly mentally challenging to think about the idea of actually, you know, passing away and then that happening. So what would you say to people who are struggling with that decision? Sure. That's a, that's a brilliant question. So there's a few things I would say. One, you're, you're not going to miss anything that needs to be donated because you will be essentially dead yourself. So you're not going to miss them. And so one person can actually save and affect 15 people's lives. Wow. Um, yeah. So if you look at all, however many organs that someone has, including eyes, skin, bones, etc., all of that can be used in very many different ways to improve someone's life. So someone else 
would have gotten the heart that my donor had, would have gotten the kidneys that my donor had, possibly the corneas, maybe some of the skin. Yeah, I was just lucky enough to receive their lungs and liver. But I'm one person whose life has been extraordinarily altered. I mean, I, 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 I literally would be dead otherwise. I'll phrase it this way. Rather than, say, five people dying if you don't donate, it could only be one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's big. Yeah. Mm. You're not going to miss them, pine over them, need them in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Because whoever the donor is, is, is no longer here. So. Yeah. Your one death means that up to 15 other people won't die. So. Yeah. Correct. Mm. Mm. Correct. That's kind mm. of how I put some emotion yet very real and heavy statistics there so it's instead of you know several people dying it's just one Mm. and then the one can save so many others So I also know through my research, 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 research (laughs) that you are a bit of a CF or cystic fibrosis uh, superhero as well. Uh, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, which I love. I love. So how did that happen? And who okay. are you in superhero terms? Okay, so I often get called Captain or the Captain rather than Cody or Captain Cody just because it's funny. But my CF superhero alter ego is Captain America from the Avengers. Now, that all came about when... I was building my team to do a CF walkathon event called Great Strides. And it was just after, maybe about six months after, the first Avenger film came out. And I don't know how many times I've seen that movie. Too, too many, too many. I can quote lines left, right and centre. Anyway, so I was watching the movie and I was just kind of thinking about the characters and how the team works and figuring out who I would invite to come along and walk with me during the Great Strides event. And then it, like, kind of hit me. What if I named the team the CF Avengers? I was like, damn, that just kind of rolls off the tongue really, really nicely. (laughs) So... I I created the team and everyone had stickers to sort of plaster on their their T-shirts during the walk. And I felt really cool that I had all my CF Avengers ready to do the walk with me. So after the walk, we got a group photo and I thought, I need to to make this bigger. I need to take this to the next step. So I jumped on Facebook and created the team page. And I've essentially started to recruit or have recruited a bunch of CF sufferers around the world to join the team as CF Avengers themselves. And everyone has chosen a character. So everyone who gets inducted to the team has a particular character who's assigned to them. And the whole purpose of the team is to bring as much global awareness through a really cool platform being superheroes. And the way that I describe it is that when I first saw the X-Men film, And if you look at the X-Men history and the origin story, they're all humans who have a very unique genetic mutation. And what is CF? We're humans with a genetic mutation. So it kind of like went, Mm. hey, that's brilliant. I mean, like, look at Spider-Man, for example. He got bitten by a spider and his DNA changed. Um, 
In fact, I should leave it there next time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, even Captain America, I mean, they changed his DNA, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, with I mean, the super serum. It, it, yeah. It, uh, absolutely. So are you impressed? I know these things. <laughs> I'm very impressed, actually. I'm super, I'm such super a, I'm impressed. I'm such a nerd. <laughs> I, <laughs> love, I love superheroes, like obsessive. <laughs> Brilliant. I was talking to one of my other buddies. His name's Julian. And I call him my Marvel advisor. I think the first time he saw me after my transplant, he said, dude, you were the, the the real life personification of Captain America. He started out scrawny. He's had all of these like health issues. <laughs> then they take him in for this experiment. They give him the super serum, which is your transplant. And he mm. becomes this like insanely awesomely buff and just ready to go dude like you've literally lived it (laughs) (laughs) like that's a really cool uh way of looking at it Jules thanks man it's hilarious yeah Um, it's like I'll take that yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so that's how the whole I guess superhero side came to me um as a really good uh effective tool to really bring some joy to kids in hospital who are just kind of having a rough time and who could use some laughter some cheers and some inspiration so that's sort of where that started and i've just kind of been expanding on it since so now when i go to do the 65k for 65 roses marathon wow i don't know if i'm gonna make the yeah i I don't think i could make 65k can i just say (laughs) wow i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do the whole 65k but we'll 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 see we'll see um so i'm building my team who and we're all going to be wearing superhero outfits to do the event in that so that's something quite quite big that I'm looking forward to and I suppose yeah so it's a way for me or any of the other CF Avengers within the team to sort of bring some hope to a really horrible disease and particularly make it relatable to kids because CF I guess it's primarily starts as a childhood uh, illness because you're born with it and the first 15 20 years of your existence you're you're quite young and it's an alternative beacon of hope to bring them some inspiration and some motivation and here's the cool part so just after the initial great strides race or uh, walkathon i got an email from my cousin's husband who is a a corporate lawyer and he represents the marvel executive team oh wow so he saw me doing all this um stuff which was I suppose legally, maybe in slight breach of some IP law. And stuff. <laughs> so he's like, "Dude, you're a walking injunction waiting to happen. Like, mm. uh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna stop? Like, there's no way I'm gonna stop. If someone wants to come and sue me for, like, if Marvel wants to come sue me, then then so be it. But that's not gonna change what I'm doing. So he goes, "Okay, hang on." A week later, he comes back in an email saying, "Look, I've spoken to the Marvel guys. They're actually really happy that you're doing this. So keep doing it. You've got their permission." to use Marvel, Captain America, Iron Man, the Avengers to promote CF any way that you see fit. I was like, boom. Yay. Wow, that's (laughs) That's, amazing. That's insanely awesome. So I've literally been just trying to push the CF Avenger name, the CF name, organization, all of that good juju to as much of, I guess, 
Australia, the world, whoever's going to listen to it. Now that you've had this new lease on life, do you have a new mission for your life, I guess? Has it changed sort of your mission or enlarged it? It sounds like it has. (laughs) You know, it sounds like you've found a whole lot of a a new direction, but you were already, you know, an ambassador for CF, but now it's a whole other dimension to what you're doing. Yeah, uh, good question. I suppose it's introduced me to what is possible. I'm really trying to, uh, at the moment, build the Sea of Avengers as a um, as a brand. So literally, I have a meeting later today with my brother, actually, who started his own skate shop in Manly. He's doing quite well with it. Just going to give a little plug, Henrietta Skate. Um, he, Shout out. <laughs> he and I are working on some product and merch development with all of the sort of Sea of Avenger logo on it. So that's in its sort of pilot phase at the moment. And I guess to really have potentially global reach and almost to be like if someone's thinking of CF and they Google CF rather than having a really horrible data statistic pop up on one of the um, organisations, it would be really cool if someone got to see a a superhero type of uh, link or association to something that might be really horrible um, and find out some information in a a less harsh and yeah, yeah yeah their first google search is is uh something positive that way yeah. it's not that the current organizations aren't doing an amazing job but no, no, sometimes, sometimes it's just having something that isn't you know officially associated with what you're going through but you know yeah. it's it's a support mechanism that's there to kind of create camaraderie doctors and research do so much to try and treat and prevent damage to the physical and i've only sort of coined onto this in the last few years the mental health side of cf it barely has scratched the surface of stuff and it shocks me actually i was talking to one of my best friends the other day he goes did you literally stare death in the face and said f off that's that that takes some serious <laughs> balls like to be able to do that there's some serious serious strength and um resilience there it, it was i'm really 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 shocked that you didn't have an experience more or suffered more on the mental health side than i guess many of your other sort of cf compatriots have and, mm. then, and trust me i know so many who are struggling right now whether it's being in pain whether it's not being healthy or just not getting a break from life or from mm. the health or whatever he was just very very shocked that given the history that i've had that i've been able to not really sort of sit in a depressive hole for very long i, I mean I've, mm. I've had my moments like like most people but they haven't lasted for too long i guess <laughs> Are you working on any secret projects like all superheroes are? That can be. Can you tell us about any super, super secret projects? My current mission is I'm working with a, a very small group called the Transplant Network. So the Transplant Network is a small group of people who've had uh, transplants for various reasons, and uh, it's a group that's designed to bring some direction, hope, and basically answer the the really really tricky or in-depth questions that doctors or nurses won't really be able to relate to. So we recently put together a bunch of question and answer from patients themselves 
that's one thing that is in the pipeline. I was recently part of a anti-smoking campaign, which was displayed on posters at the entrance to St. Vincent's Hospital. And it was nominated for an Excellence in Innovation Award for its category. And not only did it win, which is awesome, um, it's reduced the smoking on the campus of the hospital by like 73%. Wow. Which is amazing. Which is insane. Yeah. And some of the hospital staff have been, oh, I see your face every day when I come into work. Oh, wow, that's that's funny. (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised no one's uh, taken a a Sharpie and tried to deface them. (laughs) Don't. Don't tempt fate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And finally, (laughs) you you can take a second to think about these, but what are your three top tips? I love that. Top tips for living a super life. Ah, okay. Surprisingly not difficult to think of. So enjoying what you're doing. So Try to enjoy as many days, hours, weeks, months, years as you can. Time is far too valuable otherwise. And if you notice that you're not enjoying what you're doing, one of the key points there is to identify what's making you unhappy and change it as quickly as you can. And hesitation can be one of the biggest barriers to that as well. So I guess live as happy of and pleasant of a life as, as you can. The second one would be, I suppose the flip side to that would be cut as much negativity out as possible. If you've got friends or family who are just whinges, they kind of complain about everything or blame others all the time, no one's got time for that. Cut that out as quickly and as cleanly as you possibly can and there's a line can I think of it now cut it with extreme prejudice (laughs) yeah (laughs) um don't let any of it stay behind or or anything like that so that's probably the first two and then the third one I guess if you have the opportunity to really make an impact on someone else or the community or something do that. It's going to enrich your life. It's going to enrich their life or lives. And it's a really good way to begin your legacy piece in in some way. So make, make a difference to either someone's life or some, or many people's lives if you can. And you'll be surprised at how much it affects yours in a really, really positive sense. Yeah. They're my my top three. Awesome. They are awesome. Super tips. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Katie. (laughs) And I'm just so happy to have had this chat with you today. Yeah, big Um, time. And for me, it's kind of like a full circle moment because when I first met you, you were were still kind of a teenager and your future was kind of hanging in the balance in a way, you know, and I was always wondering what would happen for you in your life. Yeah. And funnily enough, like the documentary that I wanted to get up was called The Happily Ever After Project. And so to find out that now you've got this, you know, second new lease on life for me, it feels like, I mean, I'm not saying you're not without your challenges, 100% you are, but, you know, if I could have wished anything for you at that point, it would be that you would have had this life you have now. And so to meet you and you're having that life has blown my mind. I'm just like, wow, you know, like it's just 
amazing. So that's one of the good things about getting older, I guess. You get, yes, <laughs> you get to yes, see absolutely. The, the, sort of the before and the after. I'm really happy that yeah, yeah. life has turned out this way for you. <laughs> awesome. Cheers. I appreciate that. That's, that's really nice. You weren't a short story. You were yeah. a novel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the other thing that's a bit hush-hush. Only a few people know about it. So Dad's written a book. It's called Cody and I, and it's coming yeah. out very soon. It's at the publishers being massaged Ooh. and edited and all of that blocked and stuff. How um, exciting. So that's coming out soon. I'm writing a book, but very few people know about that. And mm. uh, watch this space. <laughs> I will. I will definitely be watching this space. I'll have to have a chat with you about that. I'd love to write a book. That's on my bucket list. Yeah, big time. Awesome. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Cody. You too. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Thanks so much to Cody for being a part of the Super Podcast. If you'd like to find out more information about Cody or the CF Avengers, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to hear more interviews with super people, make sure you subscribe. This is Kitty Von Tastic signing off, wishing you a super week.